0: Welcome to another episode of These Are The Valleys. I'm super excited for today's episode because I do think it's going to be one of those super convicting episodes. Um, I don't know, God has just been in a real position of trying to get his people back on track. And so I am super excited to be a vessel for his word and for his message. So today we're talking about identity in the valley. So. This doesn't just have to apply to the valley. It can really apply to anything and everyone and every place that you could possibly be on your journey. But what this message is intended to do is to get you to realize, A, where you're going wrong or B, where you don't want to be. Um, so this is a corrective episode. So I apologize in advance if this comes out a little blunt, if it comes out a little um, harsh, <laughs> but it's the truth. And that's what we're here for. We're here for the truth. So the question for today is, where is your identity placed? Where is your identity placed? Is your identity placed in your job? Is it placed in your relationships? Is it placed in your finances? You want to do the hard work to reflect right now, uh, during this episode, after this episode, and just really ask God to show you where your identity has been placed I think for a lot of us, we don't realize um, the detriment that we can fall into when we place too much value on the things of this earth. Um, So, for example, if you are currently a software engineer, if you were to lose your job, God forbid, but if you were to lose your job, how much would that affect how you see yourself? If you were to um, fall out of relationship with your current significant other, how would that affect how you see yourself, your worth, your value, your characteristics, your, your, your strengths, your weaknesses? These are good indicating questions to show us how much of our identity we're placing in these things. How much about you is placed in the title You don't want to be Jasmine, the podcaster. I want to be Jasmine who podcasts. You get what I'm saying? My identity is not in the task or the role or the title, but my identity is in myself first, right? I am my own individual and this is just what I currently do. Let's turn to the word to kind of get a little bit more insight as to what God thinks about this. So just to give us a little perspective, we're going to turn to Colossians 3, 1 through 2 in the New Living Translation. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. What I love about this scripture and why I use this here is because we want to begin to pivot our identity, our perspective, our reality, as this so eloquently puts, away from the things of the earth and more into the eternal life that Christ has bought for us. I think a lot of times we think of the... The resurrection and death of God, of Jesus, to be this like, you know, great thing, you know, Easter's coming up. It's like, woo thank you, Jesus. All right. Where are the peeps? You know, like, where's the Easter egg hunts? Where are the this, that and the third that we've made this holiday, which should be a day of remembrance to be? I think it's important that not only at this time during the year, but through all times and just as an everlasting shift, that we turn our perspectives away from the things of the earth and toward the eternal things. Our life is nothing but a mist. There's a scripture that says our life is but a mist, but... It's it's passing. It's quick, it's a blip in time when we think about the context of eternity. It's not to say that the things that we do here on earth are worthless or mean nothing, but just to remember that the things that we do here on earth should be rooted and should be motivated by the eternal, the eternal perspective, the eternal realities. A lot of the times the calling that God has given us, and and we'll get into that because these are things that are already done, the callings and purposes that God has given us, the identities that he has given us were to get things accomplished in the earth for the eternal kingdom of God, not just for something of this moment, not something fleeting, but for things that are everlasting, for the purpose and intent that is everlasting So I just want us to begin to pivot our minds as we dive a little deeper into this discussion of identity, that our identity is not something that is earthly, but it is eternally everlasting. We need to get realigned with the one creator of our identity identity to do so. He is the only one who knows one who you've been. Okay, listen, I know we like to to pretend, especially when we come saved, like who we were wasn't who we were. But he also knows who we are. Okay. And he also knows who we will be. So this is saying um, at my church, Transformation Church, that God can't bless who you pretend to be. He blesses who you really are. And I love that, even going back to the point about knowing who we were, right? And knowing who we currently are. There's almost this mask that the world and that culture and that the enemy wants us to portray that one, we're holier than thou, two, we're we're not redeemed, we're not saved, we're not delivered, whatever the situation may be. But there's this mask that we put on a lot of times that blinds us. I feel like sometimes we even get to believing that the mask is real, but this is why we have to turn to the word of God. We have to turn to our father and his presence to really get a full understanding standing and to have the mask pulled away and to get the scales pulled off of our eyes so that we'll be able to see more clearly who we were, who we are, and even more importantly, who God has created us to be in the future. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, which means I set you apart. And then it says, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So let's break this down because there are effectively three parts here. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. As I previously said, God knew us as we were, as we are and who we will be. But I love that this is just a full context of you weren't even formed yet. You hadn't even done what you did yet. You hadn't even become who you are yet. And God knew. God knows us in our most pure essence. God knows us in our most pure form. Why? How? Because he's our creator. There's no one that knows how something works or how something is intended to move or how something um, is fashioned or to be worn more than the designer. No one knows more about the fabrics and the intricacies of every stitch than the designer, than the hand crafter. And I love that about God. Like he knows every single detail. The Bible talks about how he knows every hair on our head. It's numbered. Y'all, I got a lot of hair. So that's a real task and a half. I really applaud God and Jesus for knowing how many hairs is on his head. cause. Child. But for real, for real, it's just a beautiful thing. And I, I find that really putting these things into practical context, like knowing how many hairs on my, are on my head, not even my mother knows that. My father knows that. My best friend knows that, right? And so that just really helps me fall in love with all that God is. Moving on to the second part um, of that scripture. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I love this part. Have you ever felt like, I, or at least I've talked about personally feeling like, I was always missing out in my life. Like I was always the one person who would get caught when nobody else would get caught. Or I was always the one person who whose parents wouldn't let them go on the field trip or wouldn't let them go to the sleepover when everybody else's parents would. Or I was always the person that could just was always missing out. I was just always the person that was just the odd ball out for some reason or the other. And I love this part of the scripture because it says, before you were born, I consecrated you. I set you apart. It is the trick of the enemy for us to believe us being set apart is a disadvantage. Hmm. It is a trick of the enemy for that. He wants us to believe that the consecration, the setting apart, right? That God has done to us is a disservice, is a weakness, is something to hate as opposed to something to appreciate. Guys, God handpicked you to be who you are and to do what you have been called to do. I don't know about you, but that is so comforting to me to know that God already... God was intentional in everything that has happened, will happen, and is happening to me. God is intentional in the parents that he placed in my life, the siblings that he placed in my life, the friends, the foes, the adversaries, the teachers, that everything has been intentional for you to end up exactly where he designed for you to be. That's beautiful. And lastly, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. I love this because... A lot of times we can forget that God has a specific design for us. He already knows what he wants us to do. And our entire life, our entire design, every shortcoming, every inability, every strength, every passion is purposed for us to be exactly what he has called us to be. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I have perfectly figured out, you know, what God has created to me in its entirety. The Bible says that we go from glory to glory. What, What that means to me in this context is we go from step to step, revelation to revelation, from calling to calling, from purpose to purpose. Guys, we will never have the full picture of all God has or wants to do for us or to us or through us until we pass away and go into the heavenly realm and get to sit and kick it with Jesus I can't wait for that day I'm gonna be like yo you my slime you know that like we really cool like we tight bro like you cool I don't know Jesus know I'm from Atlanta so it's gonna it's gonna happen one way or another we're gonna chop it up but um yeah, it's just a beautiful thing to know that I don't have to figure it out because God has already appointed who I'm going to be and where I'm going to do it. So I don't have to worry so much about the details. It's just great comfort that I find in this scripture. Again, that was Jeremiah one five. So I say all this to say, like, we need to stop playing with these counterfeits, right? These things that promise us identity. Oh, you know, you want to be the most interesting man on earth. What, what? Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's like a beer or a, a liquor or something they have that I forget what it is, man. I'm so mad at myself. Y'all probably know what I'm talking about, but text me or DM me and let me know <laughs> what it is that I'm talking about where it's like the most interesting man alive drinks this or does this. Oh, I can't remember, but there's identity. Sometimes the world places our identity in things that we do, the things that we absorb, how much money we make. right? Um, Uh, A lot of these arguments that we have on social media, like, oh, nine to five versus entrepreneur. Why are we placing so much of of our identity and where or how we get our finances? At the end of the day, we're all children of God. It's God that provides our finances, whether it's from a nine to five or from an entrepreneurship um, endeavor. So. I just want to encourage you guys to stop looking at these counterfeits. Stop looking at these things that cannot provide you with everlasting value. They cannot provide you with... with peace and restoration and healing and deliverance and comfort and refuge that God can. God is the creator of us. It is only in him that we find our true identity. And these other little things that we're looking at to give us the fulfillment that we're looking for and the answers that we're looking for are only going to turn up and leave us empty. God calls these things idols, Okay. Anything that you place before him, anything that you you worship and practice, you may not get down on your knees and pray to your job, but there is a certain reverence that you have for it. Oh, you know, I can't go to church on Sundays, I have to work. Even though, you know, for you that may be the Sabbath day. And you're just completely disregarding the things that God has asked you to observe or the things that God has called you to or whatever to observe or worship or participate in or to practice these other things. For example, in my own life, God recently revealed to me probably like a month ago or so that my relationship with my best friend Tiana was an idol in my life. And I don't worship Tiana like you know that's my home girl, you know, we kiki all of that, you know, I make jokes about her being the love of my life, but that's on a strictly platonic you know friendship uh platonic soulmate kind of level, but he revealed to me that there there was a a practice or a habit that I was in that whenever something was going wrong, I would run to Tiana. Tiana would be my refuge. Tiana would be my my counsel. Tiana would be the one that would help me lick my wounds and find peace and find answers, as opposed to going to God for those things. And that's what made our relationship an idol. So if your first result, whenever trials or tribulations comes up is, oh, I need to make more money. If I had more money, this wouldn't even... Finances has become an idol in your life if you are quick to run to your mom or your dad or your best friend or your cousin, whomever, anytime a trouble or a problem comes up, you may be idolizing that relationship, right? And so I think that of course, there's a balance to everything. It's not to say that God doesn't want us talking to our friends or seeking counsel from other people. There's several places in scripture where he reminds us that counsel is good. Even in our friendship episode, Um, what was that, the last episode or two episodes ago, we were talking about how God really places value on having earthly friends and people to pick us up when we fall. However, it's the order of importance here. The first and foremost person, entity, being, resource that we should run to in times of hardship, in times of rejoicing, in times of anything should be God. And it's our habits and practices that we need to analyze to realize and to identify where we've been putting our identity, where we've been putting our worship. Isaiah 2.8 says their land is filled with idols. They bow down to the work of their hands and to what their own fingers have made. This reminds me of how people put a lot of identity in their accolades or in their accomplishments or in their resume or in their LinkedIn or in their followers. These things are things that you may have done with your hands. But they are not to be bowed down to. They are not things that you should find pure fulfillment in. They are not the things that you should find your identity and your value and your worth in. If you were to lose all your followers tomorrow, how would it make you feel? I mean, of course, there would be disappointment, sadness, frustration, maybe even confusion. But there should not be a sense of worthlessness that comes over you right? That lets you know right there. If that were to be true for you, that lets you know that you've placed your worth, your value, your identity in this thing. So I want to encourage you guys to look over your life, reflect on your habits, your practices, your motives, and really get in alignment with God. Like turn back to him. We need to cut out these terrible middlemen that rob us and promise us falsely of blessings, joy, peace, inheritance, favor, um, and ultimately, it robs of, robs us of our relationship with God. We need to give back to the source, okay. And there are a lot of people who are like, oh, Jasmine, I can't hear from God. When I ask God questions, he doesn't answer. There is a scripture in John one that says that God is the word and the word was God. If you are looking for answers from God, get in the word. If you are looking for clarity on your identity, get in the word. This is one of the many ways that God does speak to us because one, the word is living, but two, the word is God. So we have to start reading our Bibles. We have to get into the presence of the Lord. If you do hear from God, if you have the, the gift of speaking in tongues, you need to put all of your tools to use to get some clarity from God. Ask him to show you where you've been falling off, where you've been idolizing other things, where you've been worshiping other things and ask him to bring you back to center, man. Bring you back to center. Um, What's that TikTok? Y'all be weak in the knees. Y'all need to stand up. <laughs> For real for real, we be weak in the knees sometimes, falling for the enemy's tricks and tactics, trying to get us to put our identity in everything but God. Know who you are, and the best way to know who you are is to turn to the Word and turn to God. It's the only person, the only entity, the only book that you can get an answer from. Period, point blank. That's basically it, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning into another episode. um Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever you're listening to on. We really appreciate your feedback. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at the Jasmine Cambridge. When I get off my social media fast, I will definitely hit y'all back. Feel free to text me, hit me up. If you ain't got my number, you probably won't get it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Yeah, guys. Thank you guys again so much. I don't know what it looks like from the mountaintop, but these are the valleys. Bye.